Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is gonna be fresh, it's gonna be real, and it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's gonna put faith on the inside of you. It's gonna cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word, God bless you. What an honor to be with you guys this morning. I want you to come with me in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the fifth book or the last book of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We're going to go to chapter 18. We're going to be reading from verse 9. I'm going to read two scriptures and then I'm going to tell you the title of the, the message today. So, uh, Deuteronomy 18:9 says, "When you come into the land, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, how many people know that God is now giving us instructions for inheritance? When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, let me instruct you. He says, "You shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations." This shall not be found among you. Anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire to Moloch, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, one who con conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. But you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Now come with me, go to uh, two books back, Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. We're going to go to Leviticus 20. Leviticus 20, we're going to read from verse 22. Leviticus 20, verse 22. It says, and you shall not walk in the statutes of the nation which I am casting out before you. For they commit all these things, and therefore I abhor, abhor them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the peoples. Somebody say amen. amen. What's interesting is uh, this this. In another passage, God says that because of the abominations of those lands, they, or those, they, they have defiled the land, and the land is going to vomit them out. The land is going to vomit them out. The land, then, the land literally uh, spits them out because of their abominations. The title of my message today is called Break the Echo. Break the Echo. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, Revelation 1 verse 6, the resurrected Jesus appears to John and he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. More than likely, it's written in Greek, but more than likely he said, I'm the Aleph and the Taf. I'm the first and the last. I'm the, the first letter, the last letter of the alphabet. I am he who was and is and is to come. Uh, I, he's the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, has the seven stars of God in his right hand. And he says, and the Bible says here that he has made us, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, Jesus has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
So he's made us kings and priests. I'm not sure whether you realize this this morning, but you're sitting by royalty. You're sitting by royalty. Person on your left, person on your right, they're royalty. He has made us kings and priests. I've heard teaching on this topic over the years, and, and it's usually he has made us kings or priests. And if you're a businessman, you're a king, and you're out there and I'm the priest, and you're out there to go and get the money so you can supply for the priest to fulfill the mandate, and, and that's usually how it's preached. But it doesn't say kings or, it says kings and. It says kings and priests. And then I've heard preaching where, you know, kings and priests only refers to us, the elite, the men of God, the women of God, the pastors, the ordained, the anointed. No, no, no. Us. Us means us. He has made us kings and priests. You are called to be a king and you are called to be a priest. The reason I, I put those scriptures up there is because you are called to break the echo. What, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. God is saying to them, you're about to enter into the land. I love it because in another chapter, he says to them, and don't think that you're inheriting the land because of your righteousness. You're not inheriting the land. I'm not giving it to you because you're so righteous, good, and perfect before me. It's actually because of their wickedness. The land is vomiting them out. The land is vomiting them out. Uh, we were one of the churches when Roe v. Wade was overturned that was vocal. That, that was vocal. We, we, we celebrated. It's amazing how many churches were silent. For years I heard these pastors, well, well, you know, we draw the line at abortion. And then when Roe v. Wade, they, they were like silent. We even had some of them coming out and apologizing and stuff. Uh, let, let me tell you why it's important. Let me tell you why it's important. The Bible says that the shedding of innocent blood in a land cannot go unpunished. The shedding of innocent blood in a land cannot go unpunished. The first murder in the Bible was when Cain murdered his innocent brother Abel. And God comes down and says, where's your brother Cain? Who just murdered him. He's like, well, how would I know? Oh, you know? And God says, what is this that I hear? Your brother's blood cries to me from the earth. His, his blood cries out for justice. 63 million babies snuffed out in the womb in the United States of America. The reason the devil wants abortion is because he hates America and he knows that God, even though he's long-suffering, and full of mercy and loving kindness, he's also held by justice. In fact, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. He cannot do wrong. He has to do what is right because the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. And he knows at some point judgment must come onto the land because of the shedding of innocent blood. When we saw the planes fly into the towers at 9-11, there was a level of where there was judgment on wickedness. The devil operates, he operates within the system, so he gets men to sin, so he can then bring the judgment of God and he rides the lightning of the judgment of God to destroy men's lives. So the church is meant to make atonement over the land and the church is meant to come and bring people out of wickedness so the devil's power is shut down. 
in the land that God was delivering them into, he says, even though the nations, the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, even though they're going to be driven from the land and you're going to walk into the land, there will be an echo. The, the, the people physically will be removed, but the demons that they worship will remain. The demons that they sacrifice to will remain in the land. You need to not just be kings. You need you need to not just be people that go and take territory. You need to understand that your job is to cleanse the land that you're inheriting from the voices of those demons, from the voices of those things. Your call, your assignment is to change the cycle, to redeem the land, to create a new sound. It used to have the sounds, the drumbeats of sensuality, debauchery, idolatry, and wickedness, but you're going to put the sounds of worship to the one true God, the sounds of righteousness the songs of the kingdom of God when when uh, when 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 I began to to, to see this it, it reminded me uh, we, we we had a two two now one of them campus pastors the other service pastors both both bought uh, a duplex so a duplex is is two homes sharing one common wall and I remember the first couple got pregnant and we were celebrating the pregnancy and then miscarriage. And then the couple on the other side of the wall got pregnant, miscarried. And then this couple got pregnant again, but then miscarried. And then this couple pregnant and miscarried. And I thought something's wrong here. And there's, there's incredible, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when you're pregnant, yay, we're going, to be a, we're going to be family. Oh my gosh, this is, and then you miscarry. There's incredible grief. There's incredible sorrow. You begin to think maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with my body. And then you begin to question, man, you know, will I ever be able to, to be a parent? Will I ever be able to be a mother? Will I ever be able to? But, but when I saw this, I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't do what most places do. And just accept it and say, well, you know, go there. So I went there with, with some anointing oil. And as I, as I walked in, I, I, I began to ask and do some research into who owned. I want to know who owned the property before these people from our church moved in. Now, if you looked at the title deed to that property, their names were on it. They purchased those properties. Those properties was theirs by right, by law. But what we found out was that a, a woman who practices tarot card reading, spiritualism, medium, who casts spells, used to live in one, but she owned both. She owned both. So I went in and began to anoint the walls in the bedrooms, anoint the walls in the bathrooms, anoint the walls in the living room, anoint the walls in the kitchen. And as I began to pray, I felt something shift. I felt something break. Well, that this couple got pregnant. Beautiful little boy. This couple got pregnant. Beautiful little girl. This couple got pregnant again. Another little boy. This couple got pregnant. Little little boy. What what happened? I was operating as a priest. I was operating as a priest, bringing atonement. You 
are called to take territory. You are called to be a king and a priest. So God says to the children of Israel, when you come into the land, you're going to possess the land. That's called being a king. A king exercises dominion. A king takes territory. If a king doesn't have a territory, he's not a king. He's just running around in fantasy land. He's running around in, in fiction. A king has a kingdom. A king rules over a region, rules over a territory. He has a domain. That's what's called a kingdom, king's dominion, king's domain. So he rules over a territory. He exercises dominion. But a priest, a priest atones and cleanses. I want you to know that, that in, in my, my familial line, God began to show me that even though uh, I might take territory, I might get married to my beautiful Leanne, I might be a father to Jordan, and then a father to Ash, and then a father to Tommy, and then a father to Zoe. I, I might, you know, hold the title deed to a property. Even though I got all of those things under the kingly anointing, he didn't just make us a king. He made us kings and priests because I began to find out as I got married, um, Marco, that, that, that even though I was a king and even though I, I got married and, and there's, a, there's a marriage license and a marriage contract and there's a ring on my finger and I, I now have a bride, I began to realize, I began to realize that there was an echo of demonic forces that had come down generational lines that they were, they were arrayed against the will of God and the purposes of God that were stealing peace that was stealing happiness, that was stealing intimacy, that was stealing joy. I found that the residue of lust, I found that the residue of pornography that had grown up in my home was there. The echo, even though I married a brand new wife, I married a brand, the echo of these things and I had to put on my ephod, I had to dress as a priest and I had to go in and cleanse, I had to go in and make atonement, I had to break the power of demonic force just because you got something thing. God says you're going to go into a land, but when you get into the land, you need to understand that there is an echo in that land, even though it looks solitary. See, an echo is something that you hear after the fact. An echo is a reverberation or a repeat of something that once was. So even though the, 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 the physical inhabitants have gone, even though their idolatry is no longer practiced, the demons that were worshipped are refusing to leave the land. Okay, you're not going to help me. All right, let, let me just... There is, no, there is no territory, there is no territory where there isn't a warfare over that region. In Job chapter 1, it says, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also slipped in among them. And God goes, hey, 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 where have you come from? Listen to the arrogance. He says, I've come from the earth. From walking back and forth and traveling to and fro upon it. In other words, he's saying every piece of terra firma, every piece of land, I've walked back and forth because this is my domain. This is my domain. When Jesus is with the devil in the wilderness, the devil shows him all the kings of the world and their splendor and their glory. He says, all these are mine. And if you'll bow down, I'll give some of it to you. And Jesus refused to, to bow down. 
you will find that when you buy land, when you buy territory, when you get something, there's a level of warfare attaching. You're like, man, why is this? It's because you're a king and a priest. You're a king and a priest. So recently, we, recently uh, Pastor Leanne and I uh, just got back from Roma. From Roma. We were in Italia. And it's really easy to speak Italian. You just, you just hold the middle vowel. It's not bruschetta, it's bruschetta. We weren't in Positano, we were in Positano. We weren't in Sorrento, we were in Sorrento. We went to the Isle of Capri, otherwise known as the Isle of Capri. From Capri, we went to Amalfi. We got fettuccini, gelato. It's quite simple. Although I said good day, and no one understood what I was talking about. But while we were there, uh, when we went to, to Roma, we, we, got, we got a private tour of the Vatican. It normally opens at eight, right through to, to the night, and they have about 30,000 people a day, and they said, you're normally like penguins. It's, but we got there at 6.15, because it's amazing what a few euros to the guards will do. So we got a private tour. You're not meant to take photos, but we took photos because it's amazing what a few euros to the, bra to the guards will do. <laughs> Looking the other way. So we got a private tour. And the tour guides that we had weren't, well, let's say one of them was no longer Roman Catholic. Both of them had Jewish ancestry. When you see the Vatican, when you see St. Peter's Basilica through the eyes of Jewish tour guides is very different. They, it took us three days, um, Pastor Marco, for us to convince them that, that awakened church wasn't like Roman Catholicism because they just thought Christianity is Roman Catholicism. And they said there's no way that Hashem, there's no way that the Lord, God of the Jews, is the same God as you Christians when they look at the Roman Catholic Church because our God said you shall not worship any idols or any images and it is filled with idolatry, it is filled with images. I'm not sure if you know this and I know it's very, very sensitive, but like Pastor Mike says, we speak the truth here. The truth always hurts because it penetrates before it liberates, but the truth will make you free. So, I'm not sure if you realize this, but if you can Google it. Don't take my word for it. If you Google the Ten Commandments according to Roman Catholicism, you'll find it's not the Ten Commandments in your Bible. It's not the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses. The second commandment is removed, and in exchange, the tenth commandment is broken into two. It becomes nine and ten. So three becomes two, four becomes three, five becomes four. The second commandment is thou shalt not make any graven images of things in the earth, things above the earth, things beneath. You shall not make any graven images. It's removed. Why is it removed? Because it is full of images and idolatry. Um, if we can put the picture up, put the picture up. So as, as we're going through... The Vaticanos, and it's interesting, the word Vatican comes from the, the Latin word divining serpent. Divining serpent. And so as we're coming through, this is, this is pretty much what you see all the way through. We would say it's, you know, Santa Maria, we would say it's Holy Mary. But the Jewish tour guide said, oh, you call her Mary, but before she was called Mary, this is Ishtar. 
Ishtar is where we get the word Easter. Before she was Ishtar, the Babylonians called her the queen of heaven. The Egyptians called her the queen of heaven. She is the, look at it dressed in black. So, so you only ever see Jesus as a helpless little baby or helpless and suffering on the cross. But you always see Mary exalted and Mary venerated, but it's not really Mary. It's the queen of heaven. And the, the, the Jewish tour guides began to say, these are the same gods the Egyptians worshipped. And then when the Babylonians took over, the Babylonians worshipped. And when the Greeks took over, the Greeks worshipped. And then when the Romans conquered the Greeks, the Romans worshipped. And then when Rome fell and this church moved in, all the church did was kept the same demons. They kept the same idols. They kept the same false gods. They just clothed them in new clothes and gave them contemporary names. But they're the same. You are not to worship the same gods as beforehand so when i came to san diego when 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 we got to san diego it was very interesting the, the first thing that happened chris aguila was pastors and and they were well-meaning would take me aside and they say hey if you want to build a big church in san diego if you want to build you know if you want if you want to you know have people come turn up on a sunday there are three things number one don't speak about money Southern California, it's the people are materialistic. You know, don't, don't, don't talk about money. Don't touch their money. If you touch their money, they'll leave. Just leave money alone. In other words, one of the spirits, one of the demons that rules over this territory is the spirit of mammon. And you don't want to mess with mammon. Just do what we've all done. We've curtsied our knee to mammon. And so what we do is we either don't talk about money or we just do it once a year and we apologize for it. We may even have little, little drop boxes up the back. But what we found is if we we don't, if we don't engage the spirit of mammon in warfare, mammon graciously, benevolently allows us to have a congregation and, and, and we, you know, we were able to draw a, a salary and, and, you know, we kind of live a nice lifestyle here in San Diego. So, so don't talk about money. The second thing they said to me is, listen, and, and this Holy Spirit stuff. Espiritu Santo. No, 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 no. You, you, you don't want to go there. You just want to just, just, you know, give people a nice little sermonette on a Sunday. In fact, what we do is we give our people newsletters. And in the newsletters, we, we put the sermon and we have little gaps in there. And you just get people to follow along. Jesus had blank disciples. The answer is 12. 12 disciples. And, and one of the disciples called Simon blank Peter, Simon Peter, and, and people can fold it up and they go home and they can check the box. I've been to check, doesn't help me, doesn't empower me, doesn't equip me. And they said, listen, and then the third one is whatever you do, whatever you do, oh my goodness, don't let women anywhere near the platform. They'll ruin everything. And uh, no, that's what they were saying. Listen, look at the Garden of Eden. Look at the Garden of Eden. Hello, paradise ruined. And they were telling me stuff like, remember when Adam and Eve were, were walking with Cain and Abel and they were little boys and, and they looked over and they could see the garden with the, you know, the swords with the flaming, or the angels with the flaming swords. And, and they're like, mommy, daddy, what's that place over there? And Adam says, oh, that, that used to be our home, son. It's where we used to live. How come we don't live there anymore? Because your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> That's not true. That's, they didn't say that at all. 
So they told me three things, but, but unfortunately, I just, I just thought, I, I, I don't know if I want to be leaving Australia to come and put on Saul's armor. I can't walk. Like, I just, no, if, if I'm going to face Goliath, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to go down to the brook. I'm going to get five smooth stones. I'm going to put on my shepherd's pouch and I'm going to walk into a valley. I'm going to take down this giant. You know what they told me? They said, they said to me, they said to me, the biggest churches in San Diego are seeker-friendly church. Seeker-friendly church. Now, we are friendly to seekers. We just believe it's a little bit different. We just believe that it's God who is the seeker. The Bible says that God, God sought for a man among them. God sought for a man. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking him whose heart is perfect before him. That on, So you need to understand, we are a seeker-friendly church, but it's God who's the seeker that we want to be friendly to. So our atmosphere, so they're like, listen, don't, don't speak in tongues and don't have extended worship and don't touch on money and don't impact. They try to tell me because, you know, in a seeker-friendly church, they kind of numbed it and they kind of iron out anything that could be offensive in the Bible. We don't talk about these things and those things because, you know, they'll, they'll possibly offend people because, you know, our entire assignment is to get people saved. Well, the Bible doesn't say go into all the world and get people saved. The Bible says go into all the world and make disciples. We, we are called to make disciples along the way. So I say all of that to say this, what is discipleship? Discipleship is you learning and you being equipped in a house what it means to be a king and a priest. What it means to be a king and a priest. You were created to take territory. You were created to take ground. Listen, you were, you were created to compete. You were born and then born again to compete with devils, to compete with demons, to compete, compete against false idols, witchcraft, the wicked, for land, for territory, for title, for title deeds, for contracts. You were created to compete with the demons, take those things from them so that God can be, can be exalted above the land. Then what we do is we then, any, any area where there is demonic activity, any area where the demons are saying, we refuse to leave this land, we then come with atonement. We then come and cleanse the land. We come and drive out the demon. How many of you know Jesus drove out demons? So, so when I came, that it was really simple. Now I know what my assignment is. Because I ain't bowing to no demons. I am bowing to no idols. I am not going to revere. I'm not going to venerate the three principalities that govern Southern California. In fact, those things are going to bow. Those things are coming down in the name of Jesus Christ. So number one, we speak about money, mammon, and prosperity. And we make no apologies. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to flourish. In Genesis 26, 13, God, God says to Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. And he's like, but there's a famine here. He's like, I know. But you with me together in a famine is greater than you without me down in Egypt. And the Bible says he sowed in that land. And that year he reaped a hundred times what he sold, what he sowed. And have a look at it in one verse, Genesis 26, 13. 
Have a look. This is how much God is into prosperity. It says, verse 13, it says, And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. <laughs> I don't like to wait in church. They're false teachers here, aren't they? They're those Joel Osteen people, aren't they? <laughs> Friend, God's got a plan for you. They, they preach a prosperity gospel. Can I just tell you, we don't preach a prosperity gospel. We preach, the pros we preach the gospel, which is full of prosperity. From Genesis 1 to the book of Revelation, it is full of prosperity. Psalm 35, 27, the Lord takes delight in the prosperity of His servant. But have a look at this. Go, go, to, go to Deuteronomy 28. We're going to read 1 to 14. I'm going to put it up be, behind me. And I just, I just need you to understand, what is the gospel? What is the good news? The good news is that God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, who came not to abolish the law. How many people know Jesus did not come to abolish the law? Come on. The rest of you, He didn't come to abolish it. He, he said, not one child or tittle will disappear from the law till all is fulfilled. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. Now, how many people know that Jesus completely fulfilled the law? Okay, for the rest of you, He completely fulfilled it. He was examined three times, three times. Three times, Caiaphas, the high priest, find no fault in this man. Pilatus, no fault in this man. They send him off to Herod. Herod examines him. I find no fault. This man has done nothing of deserving of death. He's innocent and sends him back. Jesus was found innocent, just like they do on, on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement. The, the lamb is examined three times before it is offered by three different people, three different priests, to make sure it's without wrinkle, without spot, without blemish, so that it can be the lamb where the high priest will lean and confess the sins of the nation of Israel on the lamb and all the wickedness of Israel is put under the Lamb, and all the innocence and perfection and righteousness of the Lamb is transmitted and given, substituted to the children of Israel. When Jesus hung on the cross, remember John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. When Jesus was on the cross, Abba, our Father, put our sin upon Him, and His perfect righteousness was put on us. Jesus kept the law in its entirety. Well, what's that got to do with Deuteronomy 28? I'm, I'm getting there. Like, give me a moment. God. So, so go to Deuteronomy 28. Have a look what it says in verse 1. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you this day. Now, how many people know that right there, every person's got to kind of... Because none of us kept his law perfectly, but one man did, Yeshua ben Elohim, Jesus, the son of God. So if, if you, now Jesus kept them, remember on the cross, the Bible says that he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, that makes you a Christian, a Christian. In your Bible, there's a book to the, called 1 Corinthians and there's a sequel called 2 Corinthians. They're written to the people in Corinth because if you're in Corinth, you're a Corinthian. There's another book called Ephesians, because if you're in Ephesus, you're called an Ephesian. If you're in Galatia, Galatia, you're, in, you're called a Galatian. 
If you're a Christian in Christ, you're a Christian. Because Jesus fulfilled the law of God when he died on the cross, he died carrying your sin and my sin. But he gave you and I his right standing. He gave you and I, when you and I stand before God, when you and I, in fact, even now as you and I live before God, God sees you as someone who kept the entirety of his law given to you. So let me just show you the benefits of someone who kept the entire law. This is what they would experience. It says that that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. They don't just come to you, they overtake you. It's like, slow down. They're overtaking you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Jesus obeyed the voice. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. In other words, it doesn't matter whether you're in the city, you're going to be blessed. Whether you're in the country, you're going to be blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase, increase, not the decrease, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, your bank accounts, and in all in which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land in which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Then the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season, to bless the works of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Above only you shall be and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you. Jesus fulfilled the entire law on the cross. The reason it's the good news of the cross is because Jesus made the exchange. All of these blessings are flowing to you. That's why when I hear these these other people accuse me of false teaching, it's amazing the very thing you accuse, you practice. We spend zero time studying the doctrines of other places. We have this one one church, it's so funny. The pastor really doesn't like Dr. Matt. Now, Dr. Matt has the most successful chiropractic office in, in, in San Diego. And so Dr. Matt drives a Maserati, and it's a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a convertible. So there's his pastor, and he rails, and, and then them awaken church. And one of the pastors, he even drives a Maserati. And people are like, oh, what? He goes, yeah, and not only that, and his wife is beautiful. In fact, one of the things you'll notice about Awakened Church is all their wives are beautiful. And it gets worse. They're all prospering and they're all flourishing. And the people in their church, they're, they're buying homes and they just bought another building in another location. And they're raising, the people there, they're prospering, they're happy, they're always smiling. 
They're good looking. And Dr. Matt says, over the last year, there's been about 300 people from that. And it wasn't a big church to begin with, but 300 people from that church. Are you over here? Over here? The Bible's working over here. They're prospering. They're not suffering. They're not living under the debt. They're not having marriages that suck. You, you mean they're advancing? You mean their debts are canceled? You mean they're taking territory? You mean the God of the Bible is showing up in their world? We don't bow to the spirit of mammon. Mammon tells you, mammon is money telling you I'm the boss. Every time we give, every time you give, you tell money, you tell mammon, hey, let me just remind you who's boss here. I don't serve money, money serves me. So you will go where I send you and you will do what I command you because I'm the master and you're the servant. Money, when money tells you don't give or you can't, it's because it, if money rules over you, it'll always be repelled from you. But if you have authority over money, it'll flow to you all the days of your life. We break the spirit of mammon. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to flourish. The second one was the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mike Maiden was, was preaching yesterday, and he just kind of threw this throwaway comment. Beautiful Pastor Gladys. He made this comment. He said, Paul, in the book of Acts, goes to a place called Mars Hill. Mars Hill, almost everybody knows about Mars Hill because it was a place where all the philosophers came and all the Greeks came, and you know they had all these, all these altars to, to gods, and... There was one altar to the unknown God just in case they'd missed a God. And so Paul sees this and sees this in the Areopagus as an opportunity. And so he says, oh, that's the God I want to talk to you about. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. And so he preaches the gospel. And it's, and it's profound. There was even a, a significant church called Morris Hill, you know, based on this experience. But what, what I didn't realize, Mike Maiden, Pastor Mike Maiden said, the least fruitful of all of Paul's ministry was at Morris Hill. Because he just cognitively, cognitively, he just intellectually engaged with the people to try to persuade them. He says he goes from there to Corinth. And when he gets to Corinth, the people are living in idolatry, sexual perversion, and immorality. And Paul begins to operate in miracles, signs, and wonders, and the entire city gets saved. He says, intellect compared to Holy Ghost, no match. Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. The church is meant to move in power. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is, is Matthew 17, 16. Jesus has just come down from the transfiguration and there's a man with a boy who's demonized and he brought the, brought the boy to the disciples and he said to, the, to, to Jesus, he said, I brought my son, so I brought my son to your disciples but they could not cure him. These were the disciples of Jesus. These were followers of Jesus. Seven chapters earlier, Matthew 10, he gave them power to cast out demons. He gave them power to heal the sick. Seven chapters later, they become a powerless church, caught up more with position and religion and tradition than with power. Let me tell you something. Awakened Church refuses to bow its knee. We refuse to be a church without power because we have people that come in here and they're on life support. We have people that walk in here and they've got a death sentence over their life. The doctors have diagnosed them terminal. The doctors have said it's game over. We have people that walk in here and they're struggling for a reason to keep living because their addiction is drowning them. 
But in this house, we have power that breaks chains. We have power that disintegrates tumors. We have power that heals cats. We have power that brings resurrection. And the last, the last one they said to us is, whatever you do, don't empower women. Just, just have a boys club. And true story, they said to me, and this is what they'll tell you, they'll say, because it was, because it was Eve. She ruined everything in, in the garden. And just like God, we live in unforgiveness. We'll never let Eve live it down. Because of Eve, you women, you were born the wrong gender. Don't, don't you start eyeing the pulpit because of Eve. That's how God lives. He lives in bitterness and unforgiveness. And they attack us. You guys have got the wrong theology. Oh, I don't think so. Jesus was born into the world through a woman. The God of the Bible is a redeeming God. The, the, the God of the Bible is a... In my house, in my house, if I was the only voice speaking to my children. See, the father might be the head of the house, but the mama is the heart of the house. Let me just say this. When Pastor Stacy's up here preaching, she's under my authority. When Pastor Gladys is up here, she's under my authority. When Pastor Katie, under my authority. Pastor Lianne, under my authority. We've authorized, we've deputized, we've baptized, we've, we've ordained them. Un, they're, not, they're not out from under my authority. When Paul says, I do not p- permit a woman to have authority over a man, neither do we. They're under our authority. And so when they teach, it's teaching under authority. In, in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 8, there's a centurion. And he has a servant at home who's sick. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. He says, oh, no, no, no. Like you, I too, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but like you, I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to this one, come, and he comes. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Jesus says, oh, my God, you understand the kingdom better than almost all of these religious people. When, When these beautiful ladies get up to preach, they preach under my authority. And the reason I get them up is because I see mission, I see objective, but they see heart. They will carry the heart of God. In the beginning, God made man in his image, male and female. He created them. God made man male and female. Male and female. A male expression of God, you're going to only get one piece of God. Female, you only get but together male and female. The reason this house is so healthy is because I refused to bow my knee to the echo that was in the land. In fact, we chose we're gonna break the echo. I'm out of time, but I wanna pray for you. Come on, you go ahead, give the Lord a a clap. Yeah, go ahead, okay, stand to your feet. Just want you to, to, to lift a hand in the air if you need to break some echoes. I had to break the echo of, of alcoholism, pornography, addiction. I had to break those echoes. I had to break the echo of anger. I had to break the echo of abuse. I had to break the echo of rejection. I had to break the echo of fear. I want you to know today, you are a king and a priest. 
a king and a priest after the first service I had a lot of people come to me and they said pastor we've taken territory here pastor we we, we started this business and everything went well until the the, the 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 amount of warfare is unprecedented it's because you're not just a king you're also a priest david was king of judah king of israel but you'll often find david went and put on the linen ephod who puts on the linen ephod it's the priest who puts on the ephod david would put on the linen ephod and he would go and inquire before the lord and the lord would say pursue you shall surely overcome david recognized that even though i'm the king there are demonic forces there are wicked forces that try to rob steal kill destroy one of the most powerful things you can do is take communion i said it in the first service but worth repeating the highest authority in the universe is the blood of jesus you'd say no it's not it's god god abba father is not insecure God has set things up. So the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that when Jesus died on the cross, he took his blood, the blood of the most innocent being in the entire universe, and he went into the tabernacle not made with human hands, behind the veil, into the holy of holies in the heavens where the cherubim dwell, and there he put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. Why did he do that? It's because before that when God looked through it wasn't a it was designed to be a mercy seat but God could see my sin he could see my transgression he could see all my disqualifications from his goodness his presence his blessing his kingdom but God has so honored his son that Jesus's blood God has intentionally made himself like Yitzhak blind to looking through it he will not look through the blood of he so respects the blood that he will not look through to anybody or anything that is under the blood when you take communion in the home you may say well it's just a little thing of juice and i'm telling you or a piece of bread and i'm telling you it is the most powerful thing when you get a job when you're buying land when you're taking territory if you have a child that's continually sick, if you're continually sick, if you're fighting in your mind, whatever, whatever, whatever thing God has brought into you to rule over, to govern over as a king, understand you're a king and a priest. Make atonement. The most powerful authority in the universe is the blood of Jesus. Take communion, declare the blood over my marriage, the blood over my mind, the blood over my children, the blood over my business, the blood over my house, the blood over my finances what the blood covers the destroyer must pass over the blood he must pass over today if you are not in Christ you're not under the blood and the enemy has open slather at destroying your life that's why every week we give the opportunity we give the invitation come and give your life to Christ come and get under the blood when you come under the blood, it's amazing. The first thing you'll find is that the destroyer has to pass over. Salvation comes, deliverance comes, freedom comes, healing comes, prosperity and blessing begins to flow because you're under the blood of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. I'm going to pray and hand back to Pastor Mike. Say these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have made me a king and a priest. 
I take territory and then I bring your atonement and cleansing to everything you've put under my dominion. Now with authority say, and devil, I say to you, get out of my life. Get off my finances. I declare my body is God's temple. My mind, the mind of Christ. My soul, my heart, my spirit cleansed. They belong to God. Every addiction is broken. Every chain devoured. In the name of Jesus, divine healing, prosperity and blessing are over my house. I'm the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. Come on, if you believe that, give God a great praise. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.